0: Thank you. Listeners and welcome to Ohio Mysteries. This is your 10-minute mystery edition—a little slice of intrigue in the middle of your week. I'm your co-host Stevie Oder, and with us, as always, is our storyteller and journalist Paula Schlyce. Hi, everybody. Carey, Ohio, is a small village in Wyandotte County, tucked into the rural northwest area of the state. It's home to about 3,600 people, but it's the spiritual home for many, many others. For nearly 150 years, pilgrims from all over this part of the country have traveled to Cary to ask that their prayers be answered, specifically at the Basilica and National Shrine of Our Lady of Consolation on Clay Street. It was here in 1875 where Catholics completed construction of a tiny white church with a shrine devoted to the Mother of Christ. And they witnessed an opening day miracle that immediately started attracting the faithful. First, the shrine's construction had actually started a few years earlier by Father Edward Vatman, pastor of St. Michael's in nearby Finley. But the effort ran out of money, and for several years, the uncompleted site languished as a local eyesore. Then another area priest, Father Joseph Glauden, he was head of St. Nicholas in the hamlet of Frenchtown, about seven miles away. He picked up the mantle and got the job done. He named the new church Our Lady of Consolation, and this is really interesting. You see, Our Lady of Consolation was the patroness of the little European country of Luxembourg, which is where Father Gladden immigrated from. Back in the 1600s, the entire country of Luxembourg prayed to Mary to help them get through an epidemic of bubonic plague. And when they felt those prayers helped, they started a new devotion called Our Lady of Consolation. That devotion flourished in Europe for hundreds of years before it jumped the Atlantic and took root for the first time over here in that little church in Cary, Ohio. Now, upon its completion in 1875, Father Joseph acquired a statue of Mary that was the exact replica of the one in the Cathedral of Luxembourg. It was made of oak, showed Mary holding her toddler son, Jesus, and was made in such a fashion that it could be adorned with gowns and crowns for both figures. This is when the first miracle happened. On May the 24th of that year, 1875, the congregation arranged for a seven-mile-long procession to take the oak statue from St. Nicholas in Frenchtown to the new church in Carey. More than a thousand people were part of this march, and it featured 20 maidens dressed in black with white veils carrying the sacred statue. During the march, the sky grew dark and ominous clouds gathered. Thunder rumbled. It was pretty clear A torrential downpour was in the offing, and the multitude was just about to scatter when Father Glodden exclaimed, Let the procession proceed. There is no danger. Just then, the clouds parted enough to cause this narrow alley of sunlight to shine on the procession. There were a thousand witnesses who swore the sky to the right and the sky to the left remained dark and were soon pouring with rain, but that the procession's path weaved right between them, and not a drop of rain touched the statue or anyone connected with the event. Father Gladden wrote of that day, Scarcely had we entered the church with a statue when all of a sudden the rain poured down like a cloud burst. Well, as the word of all of this traveled, people started coming to see the statue. They arrived by horse and carriage. They arrived by train. I found newspaper articles in 1896 that called the Little Shrine in Cary the United States' only pilgrimage church at the time. And that Pope Leo recognized it as special, that it had been touched by the hand of God, and he sent some gifts in recognition of its unique role in the United States. Today, pilgrims arrive by car and charter buses via State Route 23. A green and white sign on the highway points out the ramp, and a mile of road through farmland and residential neighborhoods leads you to the holy site. Now, as then, they come from states away to ask Mary to put in a good word for them with God, to cure ailments, conquer addictions, conceive a child, or keep a loved one safe. Ohio has more than a dozen Catholic shrines that are devoted to Mary, but the one in Cary has become a genuine tourist attraction. You might wince at the word tourist because this is a holy place, but there is definitely a fair share of people who stop by here just to enjoy the history, the beauty of the architecture, and the warm stories of people who say their lives changed after a visit here. Perhaps the most moving feature at the church are the display cases filled with testimonials. Often, the thankful leave behind items that hint at the private struggles for which they sought help. A reporter from the Columbus Dispatch a few years ago noted some of them. There are cabinets filled with pill bottles, cigarette packs, beer cans, an empty bottle of Old Crow bourbon. There are rows of wooden crutches and other medical devices, military photos and a U.S. Marine Corps flag, ultrasound images and baby booties. One can only wonder what inspired a visitor to offer up a Lightning McQueen Hot Wheels car. The biggest week of the year in Cary comes in August, when the small village swells by about 12,000 during the Feast of the Assumption. That's the day that celebrates the Catholic belief that upon Mary's death, her body was taken to heaven along with her soul. People say there are times during this feast when you can hear the steady drone of chanting throughout the entire village. The week's events include a procession in which the miracle statue is placed on a platform, usually in the back of a pickup truck, illuminated by candlelight, and driven to the shrine's 30-acre park for a special outdoor mass. That park features a memorial altar of marble beneath a huge gold-plated statue. The entire structure stands about 50 feet high. Crowds convene here other times of the year as well. There are many ethnic-themed days and special healing masses. But truly, you can visit anytime. The shrine is open 24 hours a day, year-round, for anyone who wants to stop in. Visitors sometimes sleep on the church pews or reserve campsites in a city park. In that 2015 Dispatch story, the Shrine's rector, Father Raymond Millette, demonstrated the kind of everyday miracles the Shrine has just come to expect. He said, When you go on a pilgrimage, you don't worry about parking or lodging. God provides. As I said earlier, the statue's two figures are dressed, and they actually have an extensive wardrobe. More than 500 handmade gowns have been donated, each a set, one gown for Mary, a smaller dress for little Jesus. Each time a donated gown comes in, the church dresses the figures for a day and takes a snapshot for the donor. The figures are surrounded by by hundreds of these votive and pillar candles that are encased in red glass. The candles are lit by pilgrims who come to pray for help or offer thanks for a prayer that was fulfilled. By tradition, a donation is typically given. The church exists almost entirely through donations. Now the statues are also behind bulletproof glass, and the crowns and jewels that adorn them are only brought out for special occasions. That's because Mary and Jesus have had some trying moments in the past. In 1927, the statue was stolen and held for $200 ransom. It was later found undamaged, wedged between the roof and ceiling of a church restroom. Then in 1987, thieves took the crowns and jewelry off Mary and Jesus They were found months later in a rural mailbox. They were stolen again in 1991. That time, the FBI found some of the items on a man that they had just happened to pick up in Cincinnati for armed robbery. But other items were never recovered. By the way, the original shrine and the basilica are separate buildings. The basilica, where the statue resides, is a Romanesque-style church that was built across the street in 1921. It has a 138-foot bell tower on it. The grounds also feature gardens, a friary, a retreat house, there's a school, a cafeteria, there's even a gift shop, of course, that sells rosaries, candles, and crucifixes. Now, the church doesn't keep track of the miracles people attribute to their visits. Father Mallet told the dispatch reporter, When someone comes and says there's been a miracle, all we do is say, thanks be to God. Many times people are suffering and many times the greatest miracle could be the gift of peace against the reality of life. However, there are plenty of people who have shared their stories publicly. The Shrine's website shares some of their letters. There's a woman who left her crutches behind after being cured of the disability that had been caused by childhood rheumatic fever. Another who was cured of kidney disease. A mother who visited the Shrine every Mother's Day as thanks for the child that was so hard to conceive. And a pilgrim who found peace from her bipolar condition. I found a news story, a woman from Bryan, Ohio, who credited prayers at the church with helping her 25-year-old daughter overcome Asperger's syndrome to hold a full-time job and attend college. She's come amazingly far, her mother said, and I don't have any other explanation for it. I also found online forums with people sharing experiences, like another woman who conceived after six years of trying, crediting A visit to the church with finally being able to have a child. Uh, Another story of a child who left behind braces after being able to walk away from the church. I found a comment from a man who stopped in to pray after losing his job and was given the opportunity of a lifetime just a couple weeks later. Another story was passed our way by Michael Bonanno, a good friend of our podcast, who administers a Facebook page called Too Late for Autographs. Michael posts pictures of Ohio grave sites that he visits, along with stories about the person interred there, and he came across this story about a World War II American fighter ace named Dominic Salvatore Gentile. Don, as he was called, was the only son of Italian immigrants— born in Pickway, Ohio. That's in Miami County. And when he was a baby, he was overtaken by carbon monoxide gas and given no chance of recovery by doctors. His parents thought he had a chance. They bundled him up and took him to Our Lady of Consolation in Cary. The baby recovered, and Don and his parents made annual visits to the shrine as thanks. Now, when Don Gentile came of age, he got his pilot's license but couldn't join the U.S. Air Force because he lacked two years of college, which was required. The Royal Air Force in Canada wasn't so picky, and they took him on and sent him to London in 1941. After a little experience in World War II, he was welcomed back into the United States Air Force and went on to surpass Eddie Rickenbacker's World War I record of 26 downed aircraft. Rickenbacker, by the way, was also from Ohio. Anyway, Don Gentile was given the nickname Ace of Aces, and after the war, General Dwight D. Eisenhower presented him with a distinguished flying cross. It is said when he returned to Ohio, there was a huge reception waiting to celebrate him, but he quietly slipped away from the affair and drove to Kerry to pay a visit to Our Lady of Consolation. Uh, unfortunately, Gentile only made it to the age of 30. He became a test pilot at Wright Field in Dayton, and he died in the crash of a jet trainer while testing near Andrews Air Force Base in Maryland. Now, the church has its own website, olcshrine.com, and a calendar outlining special masses and events in August. Since that's a very busy month, be sure to check that out if you plan to visit anytime soon. That's it for a 10-minute mystery. We'll see you here next week for our next regular full-sized Ohio Mystery episode. In the meantime, enjoy the rest of your week. May all of your mysteries have happy endings.